Hello! Welcome to another episode of Spitting Seeds Podcast. We have Mario with us. Hello. We have Roman. Peace. And myself, Asili. It's been a few weeks. Um, I think all of us had a couple of busy weeks, so couldn't come around all together, match up the schedules. But the plan is to be consistent once again. And the plan is to upload an episode every Sunday evening. So for a Monday, Tuesday commutes, you can listen through it for those that care. But what's up with you guys? It's been a while. Mari, what, what has been new with you? Just working, bro. Oh, wow. So detailed. <laughs> Getting ready you know. for the summer. What about you, Roman? Mari, you're going to have to make your speeches shorter. We're, we've, had an, we've had enough out of you for today. <laughs> so... Uh, we uh <coughs> yeah just working a lot uh it's summer so it got really busy um i <laughs> i'm working under a new guy right now so i get to go around to different job sites that's kind of fun did you get like a promotion well i i don't know if we call it a pro- well yeah i i got i got more responsibilities but the pay is going to come later i guess you're getting your journey license when in a couple of weeks. Uh, no, Journeyman. In, in a couple of months. In like two months. Yeah, with your big money. Commercial electrician. Yeah. Hey. We're going to celebrate? Huh? We're going to celebrate when you're going to get your license? Yeah. You can take us out. I mean. El Gacho? Or McDonald's? Ooh, El we'll Gacho. for each. El Gacho, the triple. It's called not, not Ooh, triple play. The steak the sampler? The triple like, steak. Yeah, the sampler. The triple oh. sampler. Oh wow! <laughs> you enjoyed it more was, than I did. That was pretty <laughs> <It's> <laughs> enthusiastic. <laughs> it's not gonna be that much of a raise, guys. Come on, <laughs> it's it's gonna be enough. But your wife is done with school now, so you're basically retired, huh? I yeah, I my my wife just graduated, um, college. She's getting a job, so I'm. She got her master's degree, right? She has a master's degree now, and I'm in what? In social services. So now I'm thinking of uh, maybe I'm I will retire, maybe. Stay so home. Stay home with the kids that we're gonna have one day. So can she like diagnose people if they're like crazy? She or can detain you. She can commit you. What do you mean? She, she can, can like take away your rights. What do you mean by rights? detain you? Like prescribe? Like kind of? Like she comes and talks to people, and if like she assesses them, and if she thinks that they're a danger to themselves, she can detain them at the hospital until we can like find placement for them, like an involuntary. Like she kind of prescribes detainment. Like takes she, away no, your no, rights. She, she's she not the re- one like tackling. She the homeless. recommends that they're detained. Oh, okay, yeah. So kind of like yeah, recommends, prescribes, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then that's if, a big responsibility if she can also well no I don't, I don't think she can she assesses people and basically she's like it's either can this person go back out on the street and go home or is this person a danger to themselves or to others and then the social worker is like no they're going to probably kill themselves so we'll keep them here yep dang that's a big responsibility yeah and once someone's detained your rights get taken away from you so yeah we detain a lot of people in my ER yeah lots of Lawsuits. What's one? What's one of the like craziest stories that happen at ER? Um, a lot of crazy people, a lot of like bipolar people who will, like stop taking their medications and then they'll get really like super manic and then they'll just they have like this infinite energy and they'll be up for like four days straight and it's like amazing and they have this insane like strength. literally four days or is it like a yeah big exaggeration? I mean, I'm sure they'll take little cat naps but like they just have this like amazing energy that comes from I don't know somewhere and they're super strong they're super aggressive always. So it's very often that we'll have to get like five, six homies, and then we kind of like rush them in the in the back, and then ho- like pin down all their limbs, and then j- hit them with a needle, inject them, and sedate them. 
Um, but it, like, and it, it sounds like like brutal and it sounds crazy, but it, it's it's actually very like therapeutic. That's like the safest way to do it. Because if you let them like entertain their thoughts that well, whatever they think is going on, like every, anyone else, can, like, a bunch of people can get hurt. But this is like the safest way because you hold them down, detain them, you sedate them, and then by the time they can wake up and stuff, like they're in a safer place and they have there's more resources to help them to like hopefully help them stabilize and you mm-hmm. know try to figure out what's going on. Because a lot of these people they come in like the cops will bring him in. The big, he's running around the street naked with a knife, so we brought him in. Daniel. So you're just like, okay, <laughs> so is that kind of speaking, speaking of like cops in an emergency room, uh, when you talked about your ride along, I'm like trying to do that. I like contacted like Federal Police already, trying to go on like a ride along with them too, just to like for the yeah. experience and like ask questions. And I really want to ask the question, the one that you asked, like when like Slavic people like call 911 was like the number one reason. I wonder if Federal is gonna have like the same answer or like wh- like their point of view on like. I guess ask a lot of questions on like Slavic, some Ukrainians, Russians, like their interactions with them and like their kind of like view or was like generalization towards like when it comes to like Slavic community and how they perceive Slavic people. Yeah. Because I think I mentioned the last time, I think like some of our girls like worked at like restaurants or like sushi places and they said that when like Slavic people come in like after Sunday church and like the the servers would like ask the person that sits the people it's like don't, don't, don't sit there by my table don't sit because like they'll never get tips yeah. they'll get heck of rude and like loud and stuff and i remember i met somebody i think at the gym or something who worked as a server at olive garden yeah. at crossings and they were just like yeah dude sundays we hated all the russians come Dang. in because they never tip and some of them would tip but they literally leave like a dime and a nickel and a couple pennies like Daniel, and like yeah, dude, Sunday it was like the terrible shift to work because you knew that your tips are gonna su- your tips are gonna suck. But some people, you know, you have to work. You got to do it. So, I mean, somebody has to work. You know, can't like not work. Whereas younger people have to like, like what is that? Ac- not accommodate, but like compensate for like the <laughs> like oh, like these are the younger mm-hmm. people. They're, uh, th- they're a little bit different. It's not just Russians though. <laughs> I remember I was reading on on Reddit or something. Some person was like. I'm a server, and today is Sunday, and the, like a black family came in from church, oh, wow. and like when the uh, what? I feel like this is the, the sensitive territory. Oh no, it's not. No, they're just uh, when it came to the tip, they said, "Oh, we already tithed to Jesus today." Like, nice. You're not gonna get any. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> that's horrible. Hmm. I mean, being a waiter sucks, and a lot of people have done that before. And if you don't like it, uh, you can always just go to school and get a better job. That's my answer to that. So, hmm. no, yeah. like, yeah. Nobody has a gun to your head and is forcing you to be a waiter and like work for tips. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of upward movement you can make in the world. But you're a product of your environment. You shouldn't be able to expect people to pull themselves by the bootstraps. That's the social yeah. worker. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. This guy's <laughs> on a leash. <laughs> No, I I definitely agree. No, my thing is like I understand it's like oh you know move all that stuff you know obviously like work hard move out blah blah, but my thing is like when I go out to eat I expect that like so either like I don't go out if I'm like okay it's gonna cost me say not thirty bucks but say thirty five then I calculate it like okay is it worth it or not worth it and then, but like I calculate that like kind of as part of the expense before I go out, but but yeah I guess because I'm like I'm not trying to change the industry but kind of like screwing over one server at a time kind of like i'm gonna show them and like some freaking 18 year old doesn't get a tip because like i'm on a mission to change the industry. there are some people that tip 
and uh, regardless of what it is and don't tip regardless but i tip based on service i actually like i think yeah. i think the dinner i always like how was the service merit like, based yeah I mean, merit based i always i always tip obviously well actually there's been times where i actually have not tipped i like i uh at all it's like this this was not good at all like the service was bad they mixed up our orders they didn't come to the table at all even once and this and that uh, this there's been times where i haven't tipped but it's usually merit based Some, like you give good tips if they're doing their job like they you, they don't have to go above and beyond they just have to like make sure your water's full i disagree i will tip if you go above what my expectations are when i go to a restaurant i expect that somebody's going to come take my order write it down they take it to the kitchen the chef makes the food puts it out on the counter they pick up my plate they bring it to me they drop it off that's their job that is what a server does you take orders you bring food over they go out of their way, make the dinner extra special, do something out, you know, like something out of what the normal like. Magic yes, tricks. Yes, you deserve a tip. You deserve a tip, maybe even more than like a normal tip. But if you just literally did your job, there's millions of people in America that just do the regular job. They don't get any extra compensation for it, and not all of them make, uh, and a lot of them make the same as waiters do, or even less, you know, minimum wage and. You know, they're not getting tipped. People at Walmart or Target, you know, they're not getting tips. I work at a hospital. We do some things that are not exactly pleasant, and we don't get tips, you know. Mm. This is... Uh, and it's not about the money. It's about the merit. It's like, why should I pay you extra just because your company's not paying you enough? Like, no, why I'm is gonna, that on I'm me? Gonna, I'm, I'm going to segue to something else because this has reminded me of something that I had uh, today after church with a conversation with a couple people sitting at the table and... Because when you're saying like, oh, I only tip, you know, if it's going uh, goes uh, above and beyond, and I was going to say like, oh, like I tip, I only don't tip if like the service is like terrible, like very horrible. I'm like, you know why I'm like leaving the place like pissed off, which it happens very rarely. But then I felt like it was like virtue signaling, kind of like I felt like I'm explaining myself of like, look how good I am, like I tip, and I only do the uh, all the stuff. And that reminded me of the conversation I had earlier today with a couple guys. We were like, sitting after church talking, and I don't know. I think it ties into this, but uh, I was reminded of this, and I think we talked about this before. Lately, like I think, because of social media and internet, and yeah, social media specifically. In the Bible, the verse about like and we're just talking about Pharisees praying at like a crossroads. You know, you go to the intersection where like the busiest. And you get up, you know, stand up and you pray really loud so people see, like, how spiritual you are. How comparable is that to when, when people do spiritual things and post on social media for hundreds of people to see? And I think, I think especially us younger people, we already figured out and we can tell who's genuine. Like, oh, my gosh, dude, like, we did this. This was freaking awesome. And I think now we can tell who's doing it because they're genuinely happy and they're sharing their joy and who's like virtue signaling in a way that's like, hey, guys, look how dope I am. Look what we're doing. Look what, what I'm doing. And it seems like, you know, like any spiritual related thing or whatever has to go to social media and like announce like, look what I'm doing. And you can almost see that it's been done with the attitude of like, look at me, look how great I am. Look at the things that I'm doing, you know. Do you, how comparable are those two passages, like a Pharisee praying at the intersection and, let's say, people posting on social media doing spiritual things? 
I think it depends what your intention is, because there's lots of people that post stuff trying to advertise some kind of event or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, raise awareness for something and or you know stuff like that. But if it's just like a purely like, oh, here's a picture of me preaching or here's a picture of me singing or look at this picture of me praying so humbly, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think I, I I guess it depends on the person too, because uh, I mean I feel like if you're following somebody on Instagram, you probably know them at least to some degree. So some people, y- you can kind of pick up on their intentions mm-hmm. and who they are. And like, uh, uh, this is a very humble person. And this is, you know, obviously we can never know. But like, okay, this is probably kind of from a good place, kind of from like yeah. a, a, you know, desire to kind of spread some kind of message. Uh, but then there's also the people who you know right away that they're just like, oh, they're just trying to promote themselves. You know, they're just trying to advertise that they had, you know, this much people or this happened or this, you know. So I think it just depends on the purpose and the... I think we should be circumstance, oh. and yeah, I think we should be wise what we put in social media in general. Like, I I, I kind of get sidetracked a little bit, but I like I I know a couple of people uh, that post pictures a lot of times. Like, uh, there there's an organization that I know I'm not gonna mention names that post pictures of just like people random people praying. I I don't know why I always have a problem with that. Just. That's like an intimate moment. You're just, it is you're very talk- intimate moment. Yeah, you're talking to God and just like, like, look, everybody. Especially if the person like crying and stuff. Yeah, like, or yeah, or praying or, you know, uh, I think that that's a very intimate moment. I should not be on social media. That's my opinion. I, I just, I, uh, you, just have, you need to have wisdom discernment about that. Or even a guy, uh, people that post pictures of them, like, like at a, at a grave of like, like their grandma that died or a friend that died a long time ago. Yeah, so those are pity likes for y- sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, missing you, this and that. And you're like, um, But even some of those, cool. I feel like some of them are genuine. You're like, man, like, that's dope. Yeah, yeah well, but why does Instagram care that about your grandma yes, that died? Yes, yes. Why, do, why does anyone care? This is Nobody feels about the situation like you do. So you're there. Like, are you are you there to post on social media, or are you there that 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 you actually care that your friend died or your grandma died? That's the thing. But what if, if it's one of those like phrases: the joy shared is twice the joy, burden shared is half a burden. You share your burden over the internet with hundreds of people. I yeah, I would not share my joy or my burden with a whole bunch of creeps on social media. And it depends about your intention too, because even if you have people with you in the room. Like, if you're trying to share a true joy, then yeah. But if you're trying to, like, scheme a joy out of these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it'd be happy for kinda me. Kind of like trying to flex a little bit. Like, be oh, happy yeah. for me. I got this. Yeah, guys, guess, guess what? I just <laughs> got this. Like, I always got, like, a humble brag or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think in general, you just, you should be very ca- yeah, careful about what you post on social media in general. Intimate moments, like, whether they're spiritual or family-related. There's people that post way too much information about their families. Yeah. I don't know if whose account is unlocked or you know in private or not, but anybody, any creep in the world can see that and stalk you and the, your kids like taking a bath naked or <laughs> yeah. Y- you, yeah, you you being at a gravesite. I feel like that, like putting up a picture of your kids naked in your house is like that's cool, you know, because it's embarrassing, but you know, it's only like people that you know you trust. Who you people you trust enough to let in your house? Yeah, like oh, it's it's funny you're taking a bath, but like on Instagram, there's literally millions of people can see it. Somebody can screenshot it, and you know. All sorts of stuff. The world's full of uh, weird people. So, Dang. yeah, and that's and uh, what we talked about today earlier about this. Uh, like I said, when we were sitting at the table, is the us. I think younger people. We because we've been uh, around social media a little bit longer now. We 
are a lot better at picking up on like genuineness or, or like in kind of like a self-promotion type of deal like flexing kind of post so we can we can detect uh, much better now than maybe you know before you know when social media just started you kind of like oh just posting but now kind of we we can see the pattern now you know like okay we know the person we see the pattern and we kind of figured out but yeah no we were not even planning to talk about this but one of the things and actually when we brought her up i'll talked with uh, about that with Ina. we actually talked about it like a couple times kind of in that area is what would you do or how would you react if you got like a i don't know this is like a dark thing to talk about but i, I don't know it's life it happens uh is if you let's say randomly got like a a diagnosis uh you know god forbid you know like a deadly diagnosis like yo you got this much time left to live you know at the at best and stuff like how do you think like i'm sure we can plan like oh i would do this and i would act this and when that punch punch punches you in the gut i think you know we would react very differently but i think it's still sometimes good to plan and know that's like hey those things can happen in life and maybe have some sort of plan how do you think you would react let's say if you you know you randomly get a headache or whatever you go and they're like yo you got this many months months left to live uh, what's your assumption or you think that how you would want to at least react i feel like at first i'd be in denial i still go to work every day like no let's try to fight this blah blah but if you if this is actually true you got months to live i feel like the only thing you can do is like maybe like get your affairs in order like who's gonna like like oh what's gonna go where to who like you know what's gonna happen to your house your debt um you know, maybe do like get get yourself right with God. <clears throat> do maybe like do and then do stuff which you wanted, you've always wanted to do. You know, not go to work and just. Well, how know. weird would that be if you have to like plan, like your burial site or whatever, or like, like I wonder like how like contradictory it is to like all of our like senses and understanding. I f- yeah, I f- I feel like if uh, when you get a diagnosis like that, you're like like in your stages of acceptance like not right away but in your sta- stages of acceptance everything your your total your whole psyche changes towards everything i feel like your whole your body like your mind goes through a transformation just like the way you think the way you act and everything so i i think it's uh it's really painful at first but the later on it's just uh how would you want people to act towards you i want them to pity the heck out of me to be honest do i to pity the heck out of me yeah no I'm <laughs> i'll be picked like, yeah come like be all sad get all the pity likes on instagram yeah like, get all the pity likes like that too Got three just months like, to live hit me a like <laughs> right yeah it's like uh, i'm gonna miss myself or something like that <laughs> the world's it? gonna be such a bad place without me yeah what is it? i think it was kanye west that said my only regret in life that i'll never see myself perform live <laughs> <laughs> mario what about you what, how do you think you would want to react I don't know. I feel like you're more of a pessimistic guy. So I feel like you'd be like, ah, that's life. Well, not that I'm just pessimistic. I feel like, I mean, just working where I work, I feel like we deal with death a lot and not, not that I'm trying to brag or like, you know, that I'm better than people or something, but just, I feel like I've, I've become very comfortable around death. I've, we see dead people all the time. People die in front of us all the time. So I feel like for me, I think I, I mean, I thought about it a lot. Like I've it's definitely have had lots of thoughts about it. I mean, my wife, we've talked about it and I think you realize that death is just as, 
big of part of life as life itself. Like, you know, your birth and your death are the beginning and end put, of your life. Put that on a coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, uh, you can't live without dying, you know? And, like, uh, people, we get too hung up. We get so, like, caught up in our lives. We think we're so important that, like, oh, you know, I can't imagine my death. Like, death is the saddest thing ever. But it's like, no. You're literally, you're a nobody. Like, the majority of people on this earth are really nobody. They're just average Joes. You just work your life. You kind of live, you know... You have your group of friends, you have your family, you kind of live in this small bubble, and most people won't really even reach out, you know, like, most people's lives won't have an impact on the rest of the world, you know, you'd be lucky if your life has impact on the people around you, you know, or the community around you, so most of us live a pretty small life, so to speak, I mean, that's just the pessimist in me, but also the realist that, like, you know, most of us aren't like these crazy world-changing people, you know, like a, some president or some great general or conqueror. Most of us, we work our nine to five. A, you may not change the world, but you may change the world to one person. Ooh. Yeah, right. And that, that person will die the next day and you won't change this <laughs> world. But I don't know. I feel like if I had a couple months to live, I feel like, I mean, yeah, okay, I'm going to die. It's co- I'm, I'm comfortable with that thought. I don't think I'm scared to die. But I, I would definitely try to make the most of it, and I think any person. What does that mean? Like, wh- what does it mean to make the most of it? Well, I think so. I think any any person has to go. I mean, there's stages of grief. Like, and any person would have to go through those to like die peacefully. So you have first you'd be angry, you know, then you'd be in denial, and then or vice versa, um, you'd be angry, you know, you then you'd be in denial, then you'd be sad, and then you try to fight it, and then at the end you finally kind of like accept it, and then you can kind of go in peace. So I think everybody kind of has to go through that in their mind. And not everyone does that in the same order. You know, some people are try to change it first, then they get mad, then they get sad, or whatever. But once you're able to kind of go through there and process your emotions and be like, okay, I've accepted this, I'm going to die, now make the most of it. So then you sit down and you think, what's the most important thing to me? You know, is it... And for everyone, it might be different. And for some people, they're just like, you know, I got two months left to live. I've always wanted to see paris and you just fly out to paris and you spend two weeks there and you come home and you die peacefully or for some people they're just like i don't care i don't want to go anywhere i just want to sit at home with my kids i don't want to leave the house i just want to sit home and talk with my kids and that's what you know that's what you want so i don't know i think at that point you kind of realize what's most important to you and then that's what you want to do i think it almost comes like instinctually that like you know what i just really want to spend time with my wife i don't care where we go i don't care what we do i just really want to sit and spend time with her and know that the last moments of my life, the last days I spent with somebody who I love. And yeah, that would be crazy. I feel like, a, yeah. And that's a good death, you know? It's a pretty like, in, intense moment. In I think life. once you realize how unimportant you are and how little you are in like the grand scheme of the universe, how like God created your whole universe and there's all these stars and planets and everything. And then even just on our small planet, you know, how there's billions of people. And then you're just this one tiny speck of dust and you think that you're so important that you're so like, oh, it's such a tragedy that you're dying. The world needs to know about it. Like, no, nah, bro, people die every second, every minute of the day, every day, 365 days a day or a year. There's people dying. There's people being born. That's a cycle of life. Okay. So accept it and just kind of be like, hey, I got my time. I did hopefully the most that I did, like that I could you know to enjoy it. And so yeah, we started with a. Sad part, <laughs> that heavy part. <laughs> yeah, what about you? Um, I think I'd want. Well, first, I think when like, I think about it, I really don't want people to kind of come and sit around in a circle and like be sad or to what. Uh, I think I tr- I try to live as normal as possible. You know, it's like I'm whatever health allows or whatever, and almost not try try not to think about it as much. But 
well, like be aware of it, but like plan. Let's say, like you said, okay. Well, I think that's when things become very clear in life. Like this is what's important to me. Make the best out of it. But then the other side of it is like, okay, if that would be the most important part, why not live that life? Maybe not to that extreme now, but let's say, hey, if let's say my parents, siblings, my wife, are the most important things to me, and I want to spend as much time as possible, then like how for granted do we take them now? You know those relationships or those people in our life, kind of like ah, we have plenty of time, yeah. and then we we hear plenty of stories of people like, oh my gosh, like I'm getting older. Like for me, I remember when I was like, you know, 15 years old, like 30 year old homies. That's like freaking married dudes, serious guys that kind of like kind of lived half of their life already. And I'm at 28 now, and you still feel like you're still have so much life ahead of you, and you're only like, you know, st- starting to live and slowly starting to pee to pull like pieces of life together one piece at a time and it seems like you still have so much life ahead of you but realistically it's like hey this sounds gonna fly by and we're like oh my gosh we're already 40 and 50 and then gotta start landing the plane if not before that so yeah i think the biggest one is like i don't want to just be hecka sad but it's like yo yeah kind of try to accept it as much as possible but of course i think it's easy to plan but i think when that comes it punches you in the gut so freaking hard it doesn't matter how what a tough guy you are I think it is going to take you a while to like rebound and kind of like fudge, you know, accept it and then do something about it. But because uh, obviously us human and knowing they're like, hey, we're that's it. And then it's coming. We're dying. If you're like 89, you feel like that's easier. But when you're like uh, younger, I feel like we all have like a, that will to live. On a side note, I I believe that our generation is going to be the first one to live to like 120, 130. Because of all the pills, of all the pe- fast food, because of, like of all the fast food and obesity and sugar. No, 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 no. <laughs> I meant like sarcastically. We're gonna, our bodies are going to become so preserved. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> right. we're going to use it. Doesn't Trump believe that that your en- I think energy is finite? Fin- the more you no. exercise, the faster that you die. That was from that joke video. That was from the joke video. I think I think it's like no, there was like a thing. I think it was like a legit thing. Maybe I fake news. Maybe I, I can't. Felt. I can't comment on that. But I think that. Like there's some amazing advances happening in science and medicines. I I do think that our like right now what we're we, we 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 figured out how to keep people alive, but not to make people better. Like like you know you're you're so only so like you know you're only like functioning at like ten percent, and you know and you're like in a nursing home, but like we'll keep you alive for another twenty years. But I feel like in the next like I mean we're we're we're, we're twenty five thirty here in this room coming up on. Uh, so we still have hopefully another like sixty or seventy years, hopefully. Um, but I think in the next like, because even just in the past twenty years, there's been so much advance in technology and medical stuff. Uh, so I feel like in the next fifty, sixty, seventy years, there's gonna be such great advances in medicine and technology that I think our generation will be the first to like live to maybe one forty, one fifty. What the flip, bro? Where is maybe, that coming from? Maybe see Mars, maybe live on Mars. Roman, tell Mario to watch less YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, dude. there's a there's a um, my college professor said a very interesting quote. We were studying the Greeks, the Romans, their belief system, this and that, blah blah. And right now, right now, the society fears death, but does not hate it. Like all of us, growing up with the society, nobody's angry at death. Ever, we all we've all come to accept that it's going to happen. We're not angry with it, but we are all all scared of it. But um, back in the back in the day, uh, people were people hated death, but they were not afraid of it. 
people that that made people more courageous. That made well, like, but yeah, but that was just a belief system that they were raised on. Because yeah. for them, they're like, oh, if you die in battle, you will go and live in some glory. Right. And yeah, so pe- yeah. people hated the fact that they needed to die one day. People hated the death and that fact, but. They were not afraid to die. Yeah, but for them, like death was like more of like an inconvenience. Like, oh, I have to die right now, but whatever, I'll be. With, I'll see. You know. I'll see you guys on the flippity flip. <laughs> Something like that, you know. I'll yeah. see you on the the, the glory of Sparta, Val- Valhalla. Valhalla, yeah. yeah. But for us, it's like, no, you die. You're dead. <laughs> well, well, your body's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until you get reincarnated. Just kidding. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, like all the, like death stuff, and yeah, it can get pretty heavy. But I think it's important. I think it's valuable. Yeah, like you said, I think it's a good, pretty good. Like we all take off the plane at some point. You know, you're born, and you like you can't take off. Like whatever goes up must come down. You know, like you can't like take off the plane and just expect that you're gonna fly forever. Like you know that eventually the plane's gonna have to land. The plane's gonna have to come down. Sometimes for some people, unfortunately, there's some kind of accident, and boom, it unexpectedly just boom drops out of the air. For some people, like, oh, you have to make an emergency landing. But I think the important thing is that you're able to land it safely and calmly. Yeah. And then once the plane stops, you know, it stops. But I think uh, John Piper talks about in one of his books, and he shares a story about like an elderly man uh, being in a deathbed, uh, nearing his death. And he was just laying in his bed, and he was just shouting, I wasted it, I wasted it, I wasted it. What does it mean not to waste your life? Let's say because I don't know, going from like you know d- death and dying. Because I think a lot of times it's a lot easier to approach death when you feel like you've lived a good life and you're like, you know what, I've lived a nice full life. Death has to come, well, it has to come, but you're kind of like happy with your life. But I think ha- death is the scariest or like the least comfortable, and you know that you try to avoid uh, as hard as possible. When you feel like you have didn't live like a quality life, and you feel like you did waste your life, and now you have to die, and that was you kind of one shot at it. What does it mean to live like a quality life, or like not to waste your life? I don't know. Dang, I'm probably wasting my life right now <laughs> doing, this, doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like dying, like I can't believe I wasted my life doing a podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We did 50 episodes. That's 50 hours of my life that I could have spent. Think of an episode. I don't even know. I think we're like nine now. Well, I'm just like in the future when, <laughs> when I'm looking back. I think 50 is about all we'll get. I hope so Joe Rogan is like a thousand something, you know. Well, I think that's what I'm saying. I think we'll lucky if we get 50. <laughs> Dang. With our commitment level. Now we have to commit. We need to. Every Sunday night we have to po- post something. Hold up. Good Sunday, quality or not, bad quality? Not Sunday. We'll record <laughs> anytime before that. Right. But we'll like Sunday night to upload. That's going to be like our public commitment. We, we shouldn't be saying all this on to people. Cause but maybe this is good because it's like a public. accountable. But that's the point. I think it's like the public accountability. We don't need this kind of accountability. <laughs> I don't need <laughs> this kind of pressure no, on you, yeah. Sully. I, I think it's not that we don't need this kind of accountability. I think we just don't want that kind of responsibility. Yes. <laughs> yes, that. Hey, what, what would you, what would you want to be re- reincarnated as? If that was real? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... A bag of plastic, because then I'll last for a long time. That's so stupid. <laughs> you would be in the bottom of the oceans, and fishes would eat you. Like you'd literally last five minutes, and then you'd spend the rest of your yeah. You'd come from existence. like your like mission would be to go from like safety to the house, <laughs> and then you're done. 
<laughs> and then, but you have to exist for another 500 exactly. years. Yeah, in the bottom of the it's ocean, okay. and, I'll and choke fishes eat you. Terrible I'll, choice. I'll choke a couple of whales. What is that? Uh, that was like back in the day. That's probably, you know, for the, us older kids. Uh, anybody familiar with Dane Cook? Yeah, oh, the tree, the atheist tree thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll summarize in like 15 seconds. So he shared his joke when he sneezed. No, no, a, a guy next to him sneezed, and Dane Cook goes, God bless you. And the guy goes, I'm an atheist. <laughs> so Dane Cook goes on this whole story, like, what am I supposed to say when somebody's an atheist? <laughs> so he said, I, goes, ho- I hope you die in, in your okay, ashes. Wow. That was my, oh, you're going to finish. Oh, yeah, what? I thought you finished. Okay, go ahead. No. And so Dane Cook goes, well, I guess I hope when you die, you become a tree. <laughs> and you're this bu- big, beautiful tree waving in the, in the forest. And a huge uh, lumberjack guy comes, chops you down, they cut you on the board, press you into paper, and print Bible on you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's much funnier when Dane Cook shares it. Because he, he takes funnier. like 15, 20 minutes to say that one story. Yeah, he, he's actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Roman, don't laugh at that. It was funny, huh? Super funny. <laughs> Roman, you never answered what does it me- mean to live a, a life that you more me- comfortable with dying because you didn't feel like you wasted your life. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think anyone will be comfortable dying if, if someone's like, s- s- for some people it's mission trips, but even like a person that did a lot of mission trips, prob- when they're dying, they probably could have been like, I fit, I could have fit a few more or people who, who were like, like wanted to like, uh, it was all of, they wanted like a lot of land. And then when they're dying they, on their deathbed, they'd probably be like, oh, I could have, you know. Be, being more efficient and had more land, I, I think it's it's one of those things that no one's ever really gonna be. I know for Roman, he's like, man, I could have been so much more efficient <laughs> <laughs> in my morning routines when I'm getting ready. Yeah, I could I could have tuned up my routine a lot better, you know. I, no, but um, uh, I think I, I yeah I I don't know the meaning of meaningful life. Obviously, I think meaningful life is you know living for uh, Christ. But um, I think um, that I think you need to have a good balance too, because if you spend your whole life running around on mission trips doing stuff and well, you talk, like neglect your family and your kids, yeah, that's part of it. At the end uh, of it, you're gonna be like, I mean, I've done all this stuff for you know for God, but my family, I've totally treated them like trash. Well, that's also doing it for God too, not treating them like trash for God. There are te- there are testimonies like, or not, maybe not testimonies, not the right word, but like stories of like people like back in like Soviet Union, like the um, there's a, there are names where like a big preacher that he was like all over the world, but then he like neglected his family to the degree that when he died, like friends and kind of close friends had to like bury him and like arrange everything because like like kids and like nobody like his kids are not about the wife. Uh, didn't show up to the uh, to his funeral because they're like, yo, he didn't care about us the whole life. So like, kind of like they they were so bitter against him, and he was like a a world renowned evangelist, and the kids didn't come to his funeral because they felt like he like betrayed them or neg- neglected them to such a degree. So, yeah, I think yeah, no one's ever gonna have their stuff together or life in order, but. I think, you know, uh, having an accomplished life is having an accomplished life. You know, like, whatever, it does like, maybe you never have kids. And that does not mean you ha- you don't have an accomplished life. Having an accomplished life is whatever you, uh, having an accomplished life is whatever you take on, you take it to the end. You You get good at it. Like, if you take on having a family and having kids, 
you have to be good at it you have to uh, you know you show them you show them time and attention and at the same time if you have a church ministry you have to tend to that too and get you know to do like a quality yeah, work to do quality work basically i think in my <clears throat> opinion for me to have a a good for fulfilled life to feel like i had a good fulfilled life to whatever i take on i i do a good job and if like it if i, I feel like I would not do a good job on something, then not do it. Like if I don't feel like like it, say I I go on mission trips and then I do something at my church and then I do something else and then I have a business and then <clears throat> I I think about having kids and I'm like man I don't know where like if I'm gonna have time to you know for my kids and if you're not willing to sacrifice something else to have time for your kids don't have kids it's it's one of those things where it's like if you're gonna take on something you have to. Like, like, do a good job, or or you're gonna be left be uh, you're gonna be left thinking what could have been if I did a good job. Yeah, I think Paul talks about it. He's like, like it's kind of better to be single and for like work for the Lord. But if you must get married, then you know. And if you do get married, yeah, you better spend some time on. on right. That. So yeah. if you want to do ministry, don't don't hassle, don't uh, waste other people's time by marrying them and having kids with them. And then, you know, wasting your kids' time and not being there for them. Just like if you just want to do ministry, just do ministry. Or if you're going to – or if you were doing ministry but you don't really feel like like that's for you going on the mission trip, don't waste those people's time, you know, uh, on on the ministry too if you're not going to do a good job. You yeah. know, like we were talking about long-term versus short-term mission trips just like – yeah, behind, no, no kid in Africa or India cares about you taking a find myself journey to you know to Africa. Like yeah, you go there love, for five yeah. days and you take a couple pictures and you have like this. You know, my sister was in Honduras and she literally saw people like come up, pick out a kid, take a picture, don't say a word to them, just let them go. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so demeaning. Yeah. It is. I, I have so much respect for people who like commit to it and like, I'm going to Africa for. Half a year or years, you know stuff. My like sister that. was in Honduras for eight months. Though. That's a true mission. That's a true it. missionary. I, what these short trips that a lot of the Slavic churches do, I see it in my eyes. It's no different than tourism. It's no different than when I go to you're on vacation, Cancun or something. Mm-hmm. You go there for a week. You know, you drive through the city. You look at the poor people. You know, you'll support the local economy a little bit by giving out a little bit of candy or some money or something and eat at some restaurant. Uh, but then you go home, and then for you, you have some pictures. You have a memory. You have this. You know, this experience, and that's all it is. You're just being a tourist in a poor country to remind yourself how good life is in America. Did we just switch topics? We switched. We were sideways, but we'll come back. Kind of, yeah. But this is, because we talked, yeah, like, this, yeah. Is, this is a good topic, because I think a lot of us, like, had some uh, something to do or know, like, with churches and whatnot. But I think, I think a lot of those trips are taken very, especially if it's, like, you go on a mission trip and you spam your social media, Again, that's what we talked about earlier, like the whole like uh, you know virtue signaling and like look at the kids that I'm hugging and look at what I'm doing and whatnot. But there there are there are pros and cons to short term, short term and long term. And what uh, so definitely long term, nobody can I think can argue that like oh long term is you know pointless to go or it's a waste of time. So of course it's good because you get to know the people personally, you get to know you know their deep needs and be there and actually spend time with them and sacrificing a lot of your life. But even when we've gone to India, so we, or at least you know like the leadership, you know maybe some younger people go they don't think about these things, but even like the uh, talking with like leadership of the trips. It was very, you know, we were aware that, hey, we're going short term. 
we're not going to change anybody's life, you know, to like some crazy degree. And our mentality was, we're going to spend at least some time with them and encourage them in even in small ways that we can. And for them, let's say, especially if we, let's say in India, we go to like deep villages. For them, it was a very big deal to like see white people and Christians and, you know, like our, you know, pastor that went, you know, that went with us. Like his almost consistent sermon was he didn't lay out some deep theology and try to change their whole life. He was very okay with like, yo, this is their culture. This is how they live. And it's okay. We don't have to change if they're like, you know, singing in a certain way or music or moving moving when they're singing or whatever. They're like, we're not going to change any of this. We're not going to try to change any of it because it's their culture and it's okay. But he's like, we're going to try to encourage them. And that was kind of our mission. And because let's say a lot of, let's say even in villages or not, you know, a lot of random gods, and they're like, oh, ju- that's just another God that you guys believe that doesn't even exist. You know, it's made up. So I guess our, or one of our missions, or like, and the way we encourage them is like, hey, we've been to Ukraine, we've been to Russia, uh, you know, Poland, Germany, America, uh, South Korea. There's Christians all over the world. There's, you know, over 2 billion, you know, Christians all over the world. Like, you're not just some, you know, small village people that heard something random. Like, no, you guys are part of this huge you know, multi-billion dollar, uh, dollar, multi-billion. That's what it really is. <laughs> a multi-billion, you know, people, community. Yeah. So, and then for them, it, it means a lot. So, yeah, I think if you go with the mentality like, yo, I'm going to go there and I'm going to preach once and everybody's going to change their lives and I'm much world changer. Yeah, I, I don't think we like, especially like we went, we, when we went, I think like talking to leadership was very like, hey, they, they have their own lives to live, they have their worries and stress. But just coming in and letting him know, like, hey, hang in there. Like, we came, you know, like, from all these countries, and we're with you, and we're all together, and I'll keep going, even though it's hard. And and again, you you kind of try to tr- trust the pastors that are there, and they're like, hey, it is very helpful. And they try to, like, get us to us mainly, like, tiny. We never, like, really go to, like, big churches and, like, the popular guys. We always head up, like, as deep jungles as possible. Like, we went to – once we went to a jungle where – and remember, like, the younger people stayed at the place, and I went to translate for the pastor, and there was, like, a few of them went, like, Ukrainian guys. There's some guys from Ukraine, like, two guys from America, and we went to, like, deep jungle, though, and to the point where what, what, driving through the village, like, the kids would be, like, totally, like, butt naked. They just have, like, a string around their waist, which I don't, even, don't know, like, the point of the string. And Hold, holds up their pants. Uh, but <laughs> so yeah they'll just be like butt naked and then like even though like older women they'll just be covered from like by like waist and lower but, like their like upper half would be just like nude and like that's how like deep jungle and yeah we just pop in there and i don't know we didn't have the mindset of like oh we're about to change this whole village we're like hey there are a couple of christians here let's talk to them and encourage them to like keep in their faith but yeah, but I think if you go with the mentality like, oh my gosh, I guess it would be one extreme of like, we're going to go there for two weeks and we're going to change the whole city and the whole country because we're so amazing. Because from America, we watched, you know, 10 YouTube videos on how to preach and now we're going to change the uh, whole India or Africa. I think that's the wrong mindset. But also the other extreme is when, of course, I think that happens a lot, is when people go and make a tourism out of it and spam their social media and let people know like, look at this. And yeah, I think it's, I just feel like putting myself with being like one of those Indian or like African or any other country uh, kids and like all these white people come in and take a picture with me and just toss me to the side. I'd feel so like yeah, low, um, more like, I don't know, half human. Used. Yeah, used like as a prop and like, 
Yeah, I think that's disgusting when people do that. I just feel like those people, like, their struggle for their faith is, like, much more real than ours. Like, a lot of them are actually being killed over there for that kind of stuff. So I feel like we come over there from America, like, we have these easy lives. We come over there like, yeah. oh, look, the white people came. They're going to tell us how Jesus loves us. Like, yeah, we we freaking know, you know, like, and I feel like we come there. It's like a very, like, and I think they entertain us and they, like, let us come. They're like, oh, the white people, they're here. They need to do their thing. Let's all just sit here and applaud for them, you know, so they feel good. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we think that we're doing them a service, but they're the ones that are actually doing us a service. They're like, oh, thank you. You told us about Jesus, you know. Uh, give us the money and food now, and you can and you can get on your way. You can take your pictures, Dubai. Go. Well, also in in Honduras and El Salvador, there's a, a lot of those uh, orphanages. They're asking communities not to come for short term to orphanages because it's actually the, they're learning that it's very damaging to the kids' the psyches. The kids will get attached. Yeah, yeah very damaging. Uh, those short mission, short term mission trips are damaging to children's psyches. And uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but like if you, they say, if you come, you have to come at least for half a year, or like three months or half a year. If you go come for a week or two, you know, to, to just talk to the kids and leave, and it just feels like someone's constantly abandoning them. Yeah, I'm all down for helping people, and but I think it'd be much more helpful in actually just giving finances to a reputable source that can use the finances better than you going taking your tourist Instagram tour. Um, well, the question is, can short term trips be beneficial uh, to you i think i think yeah, they're I th- beneficial I think, to the I think almost most of the time they are to you like for yeah. sure yeah, even but if you're it, like but a if you really kid. need to see some poor people just donate that thousand dollars to some in, uh, to some place and just go to the t- homeless shelter in tacoma or go to some homeless camp in seattle you'll see how poor people live you don't have to go halfway I feel across like, the world i feel like very short-term ministries are not very are not very helpful no, i think it's a waste of our time and their time and money and resources just get lost so that i can go and take a picture on my phone but what if you're an 18 year old kid and you're not going to spend let's say two thousand bucks to go to tacoma and give it to the homeless shelter but say if you know your parents would pay you to go to india would you like is it still no or is this still a benefit to, like say to the kid it is benefit. It is uh, short-term mission trips are beneficial. Yes, they are beneficial, the, but they're yes. beneficial to the goer. Yes, but you can literally go on YouTube and watch poor India. But that's not, it's not the same thing. Why don't you watch your your wife on YouTube? Uh, videos of her. My and wife be like, is not on YouTube, so I have to see her in person. But you can. <laughs> oh darn! No, but it's the whole idea of like face to face and spending time with people. I even feel like that's like a terrible excuse. Like, oh, it's not real unless you go there. Like, dude, there, there's poor people here. There's poor people in the next state over, in the next city over. You, why do people specifically have to go to India or Africa, way to the poorest, poorest part of the world? Like, just for like the oh, like I went to Africa. You know, I don't know. Like my little sister just went to Africa. It was part of their Bible school thing, and like. I'm not against it, you know, that's cool, but they paid a lot of money to go there, and they were there, like, they were in one city for one day, then they went to another city for one day, it's like a very bounce around, you don't really get to make any solid interactions, you, you're you not going to change somebody's life in five minutes, you know, in your quick interaction with them, for them it really is just, here's, uh, we have 25 Slavic people that went to a Bible school in Florida, uh, they all paid a lot of money to go here, so we're taking them on this tour through sub-Saharan Africa to show them what poverty is so that they feel more guilty when they order a Starbucks next time. Like We can let them paint our barn, which the last mission trip painted six months ago. Yeah. J.K. John Christ. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't know. That's my thoughts about mission trips. I mean, if you really want to do good, that's cool. That's I'm glad you have the passion to do that, but there's... I would totally go on a short-term mission trip, but I'd go knowing that it's gonna be I'm going to be enriching myself. Not yeah, we went to Tijuana. And that was like the one mission trip that I did. We drove down to Tijuana. We built some guy a house. 
you think that was a waste of time for you? Well, so we built a house and we did a lot of hanging out. I'll be honest. We did yeah. a lot of hanging out. Which is okay. Was it beneficial to me? Yes, because I was single. My, well, my, my future wife at that time was on that trip too. We had a good time together, bonded, got to see some poor people, got to have a... a, a <laughs> got to see some poor people. Well, That's no, so you, bad. And you, get a, and you get a sense of like, oh, I helped. I, I, I did something, you know, in your heart. But then you go home, you forget about it and you're just like, oh, yeah. But I think you kind of like... That kind of one, two, one, two degrees kind of like. I do not think that it was a life altering trip. I think that but it was. It's not, I think when we say life altering, we think like 180%. But I'm thinking two, three degrees, you know? The kind of like your mindset just a tiny bit. The kind two, of two degrees is not enough to change your life, though. Trajectory over a long time, trying to change a plane two degrees going from California to New York. You'll land in a totally different area. Yeah, but not that much off. Yeah, but then, but then you're you, still in the but same then hemisphere. You have another, but then you have, go to like a good church service. Then you go something else, and then another degree, and another degree. So I think it's like another way of like. There's cheaper uh, ways to do it and more efficient ways to do it. More, more. But is that the, is more that the efficient? Whole, is that the whole going back to like li- uh, living a meaningful life? Is like what's the most efficient, cost you know, effective way to do this? You know, maybe like there's like sometimes you just like spend a little bit or just like. Yo, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna it's hang not a out, bit, bro. Any of these mission trips cost multiple thousands of dollars. Which, the, if you gave that to a person, but I think the point so is okay. How about but this? we have no issues affording them. That's the point, right? Yes, it costs thousands of dollars, but we have no issues affording right, 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 them. Right, 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 right. See, we have no issues buying a ticket and going, taking ourselves there. But if somebody said to you, "Hey, that two and a half grand that you would spend, give that to me. I'm gonna give that to a guy in Africa, and it will literally feed his family for like ten years," and you'd be like, ah. <laughs> I'd rather go there and talk to him myself and shake his hand. I know. I I, I rather I, I touched the poor person. <laughs> <laughs> I was with the poor folks, just like Jesus. You know, like, just give the money to somewhere where it can actually help. Nobody cares about you going to. So you guys think there is no benefit to short short? There is benefits, trips? but I think that the there's much. If you're so, if you're going there just like a very selfish kind of thing, then I get it. Like that's cool. Do what's, it. What's what's an unselfish way to go? No, no. Let me finish my. Unselfish. Okay. If you're going with like a very selfish, like imp- like th- like uh, I, like thing, like I want to go, I want to see the poor people, I want to into this. That's cool. Go. But if your mindset is I want to help as much people as I can, I want to make actually a difference. It's better that you don't go and just donate that money to a real missionary who actually stays there for years and years. Find somebody. It's not that hard. We have the internet. You can get in touch with people giving them that couple thousand dollars if your mindset is i want to help as much people i want to make a change for some people that's the way to go but if you're trying to go and in your heart you know that you're just like hey i'm doing this trip for me i'm just trying to take some photos get some clout on instagram you know get some likes and stuff and uh have a reality check for myself so i'm a little bit more guilty next time when i buy starbucks that's cool go for so, it so what about another argument um the for short term the one the benefits of bringing people because let's say you're a, a 21 year old guy and i'm like yo we're going to india with the group you should come let's say you may not care about india at all ever so you're not gonna ever gonna write out a two grand check to india because you've never been there you've never seen them those people are just statistics to them but you go one time because you're 21 and you're like dang look you meet some uh, homies and you see the people you see how they live and Let's say next year I'm going again, but you're like, yo, I'm getting married. I'm not going, but fudge, I've been there. You feel more connected. You're like, here's 500 bucks. Use it for what you guys can. And then over the years, there's going to be, you know, a hundred of those guys, let's say, that will give, let's say, that money to a pastor when he's going. But if, let's say, but if I'm never around, I'd be like, ah, he's just going to India. Like, who cares? You know, he's going to go there, come back. You know, nobody really cares. Right, but that wasn't a mission trip then. That was a tourist trip. 
he went and he saw. Yeah, but yeah. that's the whole idea I of effect. I think people seeing should you with your own eyes and being there in well, person. Yeah, it, it true. Makes a difference. True, it does. But let's call it what it is. Then it's a t- uh, you're going on a tour trip. I'll be happy if we just if we separate. But I feel, the like, two I feel like Kanye tour is like diminishes because I think the whole idea of like of being there in person and it has value more than just a tourism. You're not just there. Well, l- tourism you know, has value. You see, and then you t- you adjust your life accordingly. But I feel like tourism doesn't have like depth to it. There was some person on GoFundMe that me and my wife saw a couple weeks ago, and they're asking for money because they had some terrible tragedy in their life. Me and my wife, we donated some money online. We never saw them. We don't know this person, but we helped them. We didn't actually have to get on a plane and go there and take a picture. Like, hey, my boy's having a hard time. I uh, would I would give you $1,000, okay, but I, I got to fly back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is, yes, those Instagram, you know, cloud people, yes, that's 100%, you know, that's disgusting. But what about those people that go with, like, Yo, like, I want to be there. I lo- like, I lo- genuinely love these people. I want to be there in person. And let's say, maybe even to the fact that, like, if you really about it, dedicate like three months. And two weeks is meaningless. So three months is okay, but two weeks, two week, you're two wasting we- your time. Two weeks. If, you, if, you're actually, if you're in one location for two weeks, I think you can do something. But most of these mission trips, they're one day hop, one day hop, one day hop. They go to different city. It's basically like, yeah, you, you're We're touring. We're getting into like super touring, fine details here. Yeah, yeah. touring here, We're touring there. We're a dead horse. No, it's it. Uh, people choose to call it a mission trip, but I've been on those trips before myself. Yeah. Yeah. I look back. <laughs> I've been on those trips myself before, and I look back, and it's like, I toured. I, I, it helped me a lot. It enriched me and everything, but let's call it what it is. It was a tour. Hey, mission, mission trips are like spring break for Russian people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think there are, I think, of course, there are people that think, you know, like, yo, it's better than sitting at home. If parents are paying for it or whatever why not go check it out and like yeah maybe view as a very tourist like right i'm trying to go see it but I'm, i guess what i'm trying to see that say is the people that go let's say they've been there already you know five times but they're going sixth and seventh time and it's not tourism for them because they've seen the you know the the jungle they've seen the people they've seen the buildings the houses so it's not they're like oh this is amazing i want to go back and see it more but they have like a genuine care for those people and they would go back over and over and over right again. but genuine care commit months to do it like what what's gonna come out of out of your genuine care if you go there somewhere for a week and then you go to one place for two days and then you do what and then you go I to mean, another place i think i can summarize this days. whole conversation so mission trips is like donald trump not going oh, on no. The mi- no 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 just uh, hey, period lot, <laughs> we're <a> done <laughs> lot, i think a lot of people will be able to to to, to connect with this Mission trips in general, short-term, long-term, whatever, is Donald Trump. Not going on the mission trip is Hillary Clinton. Would I rather have Donald Trump? Yes, but I would be picky about, you know, like, it's kind of like, yes, it's better than not going, but if we are going, it's better to do it this way. That's kind of how, you know. Um, I mean, doing work, doing work in other places, I there's something for that, but... I just uh, like uh, mission trips. I'm I'm 100% for it. My family goes. You're 100% uh, for Donald Trump, right? No, 100% for mission trips. My uh, my, uh, my sister answer the question. My, my sister was A equals B. <laughs> my sister was in Honduras for eight months twice. My brother was in India for six months, and then for eight months another Get time. Get about it. <laughs> okay, stop bragging about your family. Okay, I've never I've never been for a long time. Exactly. I, I'm a, I, but your I'm, family went, so you think you can brag about your family? No. Okay. But what I'm saying is I feel like people who genu- have genuine love and care for someone. If you have, if you have a genuine it love. It will show. It will show. Yeah. It, it not only will show. If you have a genuine love and care for someone, 
if you have an option to go for three months, you're going to do that instead of having to go in for two kids, two, two weeks. If you like, say if you're going to go see Anna or Ina, like if you, if you had an option to go and see Ina for three months, you're going to take that over seeing her for two weeks if you had genuine care. So nobody is saying that going for two weeks is better than three months, of course. Right. But what about none and two weeks? Of course, it's better, dude. That's a yeah, dumb so the, question. Yeah, but, but it's better for you uh, when w- w- when it's short term. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is we're like, oh, financially it would be this way responsible. But what I'm trying to say is sometimes finances don't fix everything, and sometimes as a humans, I think I'm gonna write it between you guys. If you have the choice between going to India or whatever and not, and your parent, you're a naive 18 year old, and your parents are gonna finance it. Obviously, it's it's good to go. But if you're a little bit older and you have a little bit more life experience and you have the option of either going on a tourist trip or donating that money i think you should donate the money right unless you're very passionate and you're you're because yeah okay, because quite, don't quite, fool yourself going for two weeks you're not really helping the locals. but that's what that's the saying nobody's saying that you're changing okay, the Masa, country we're beating a dead horse dude let's just end it oh, what i'm trying to say that there is value to short missionary trips as well to yes to the person whatever you want Masa. thank you <laughs> <laughs> What else? What else we got on the on the books? This is pretty long. I think maybe we should start. Uh, yeah, guys, I need a landing pee. the plane. Ooh, what? Yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom too. I, I'm first. Uh, okay, well, okay, we're not we're not gonna decide that right now, <laughs> but uh, let's wrestle for it. Yeah, so that was why <laughs> we went from like oh. talking about death. And okay, and, but mean, and then meaning of life death to life. What's well, meaning of life for you? You didn't answer that. Oh yeah, and then I guess we we're, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, I I was uh, not looking into it, but I was like thinking about it a little bit uh, lately, and I guess looking into it and trying to like come up with a, like an answer or a question or, and I think the for for me will make sense, and that's what I'd want to do with my life, and to live a meaningful life would be to find something. That I see the world, you know, pretty dark place, you know, a lot of wrong, a lot of sin, a lot of evil. To find thing, find a thing that you see wrong in life. Let's say something evil, something dark, something's not the way it should be. Let's say something that should be much better than it is. And if it's something that is of your interest, for some reason it grabs your attention. You're like, man, this part of life or the world sucks. And try to change it and do the best you can. Uh, s- sacrifice, you know, what you're comfortable sacrificing. And, and uh, kind of dedicate yourself to the cause to make the world a better place by trying to better like, a specific area of like life, somebody else's life, a tiny place of the world. And kind of shine your little light of like, you know what? I may not be bringing a lot of change, but I can bring change here. I'm going to dedicate myself to this. Bring change to this, let's say to this church or this area or this industry and dedicate yourself to improving that, changing that, making that like a better place to live in a world. Find and, a uh, cause. Yeah, and uh, find find a cause and like, you know, really dedicate yourself to it to, to change it and make it better and kind of make a, a world a better place. But like making a world a better place sounds very like expensive. I kind of like, okay, where do I start? But finally, you know, something... Let's say doing real estate and kind of like okay, how can I let's say if I'm if I was to do let's say I don't think real estate is like my cause to you know change the world with, but let's say find a cause and you're like you know what this part of the like the world sucks. I'm gonna dedicate myself to changing that as little or as much as I can, and I think 
when God willing and you know towards the end of your life you're gonna look back and you're like you know I fought a good fight I've dedicated myself to this we made some progress you know it's, you know it's not gonna be perfect but like hey I, we made some progress and I'm happy with it like I've dedicated myself to it so yeah I think that would be a meaningful life is find a cause to fight for and bring change to the area of like life or world or area where you live and so yeah i think that that you'll find meaning in that and i think once you find like have like a meaning and like a depth in life so you you'll have ups and downs in life but you'll have a cause or a goal that you have to achieve and you're pursuing and fighting you know you know what's sad a lot of times um somebody finds a cause and they're fighting for it and they dedicate their whole life for it and they die not thinking they made a could made a difference because like they but like later like they made they have made a difference but it shows like way later do you yeah, know what i'm saying of course it just it just sucks like say but but that person was an actual person they were dying and they're like man i i dedicated my whole life to this and i didn't make a difference and then the difference only started show starts showing later I, i've actually thought about this before like um people like civil activists and other people like who fought a lot for something and gave a lot and then died not seeing the fruit of their labor i think i think that just kind of sucks for the person that just like like they 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 bear they bore so much fruit but they didn't get to like actually see like celebrate it but yeah did. but i think yeah. they've lived a meaningful life and i think let's say on you know before their death they're like hey i've dedicated myself to this and they're satisfied with that and yeah and I think if one lives such life that like dedicating yourself to like meaningful and like when you know Bible talks about shining the light and being the light, I think that's what it is in this like dark evil world and you're the light and like to the people you encounter, it doesn't have to be big you you go to Home Depot, you go to Starbucks, you encounter you hold the door, you smile at somebody, just like be a good person and you not to underestimate the effect that it may have may have on somebody May may not now, but a little bit later, a little bit in the future. But I think it's one day at a time, one person at a time, one occasion at a time, and years go by, and those accumulate a lot more than we like, than we think or assume. So yeah, I think for me, the meaning of life is to find a cause and like fight for it, improve the part of the world of the dark world, and make it a little bit better. Or where is that? Like leaving a place a little bit be- a little bit better than you came into. Yeah, agreed. <coughs> but yeah, no, I think yeah, some of the stuff we weren't even planning on talking, but it was like I think it was a really good conversation. But yeah, it's been over an hour, and yeah, again, public commitment is to post every week, and we've actually organized the list to interview. We have like about ten people to interview. So we'll very responsibly, we'll start contacting them, scheduling those. And I think they're going to be very practical, very useful, and hopefully interesting conversations that we're going to have with those people. With with some, I think, very wise, successful people in the Slavic community that are doing things and are really good at what they're doing. So looking forward to those conversations. All right, guys. Be blessed. See you on the other side. We'll get it because we talked about it. See you next time. (laughs) Yeah, see you you in the next episode. Okay.